0: This is the GGC Life Podcast. My message today is for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And really the context of that quote is for no no thing that God speaks is impossible. When God speaks, nothing's impossible. That's really the context of that promise. When, when God speaks to you, nothing's impossible. God can make that word he speaks to you perform. Because yeah. in the word he speaks has the power to perform. Yeah. So it, you know, when we say nothing nothing's impossible, it doesn't mean it's not in a vacuum. It happens for us having a relationship with God and we hear God speak to us. So we're going we're to learn that this morning. Nothing is impossible with God's Word, when He speaks to us, when God's Word becomes Rima, when God speaks into our, relation, our heart because of relationship. We're going to read from verse 5, Luke chapter 1. And this is a story of Zacharias, who, Zacharias and his um, wife named Elizabeth. You know the story? They were the parents of John the Baptizer, John the Baptist, okay? Powerful, powerful person. John the Baptist, Jesus said he was one of the greatest of the Old Testament. Yet he, in Jesus, this is Jesus' words, yet Jesus said, even though John was one of the greatest prophets of all the Old Testament, if the least in the kingdom is greater than him, that's how he sees it. The least in the kingdom. So, so no matter who you are in the kingdom, because you're all brought into the kingdom if you put your faith in Christ, Jesus is the king, and he came to bring a kingdom. And when you get born again, you came into his kingdom. The least in God's kingdom is greater than the John the baptizer. And now we're going to learn about how he came to be. Right? Let's have a look. In the, in the days of Herod, king of Judah, Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Walking blamelessly. So they had a walk of faithfulness. They had a walk of obedience. Didn't mean they were perfect, but they're walking in in faithfulness. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both advanced in years. So they're old by now. I don't know what old according to the Bible is. Because I'm thinking maybe it's 50, maybe it's 60 I don't, I don't like to think 50 is old because I'm already 50, <laughs> 54. Um, but in those days, 50, we're talking about children now, in their 50s, in their 60s, I'm assuming 50s, 60s personally. Um, but, but we know they're old, okay? Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, so he's faithful in what was given to him. He's been faithful week in, week out while he was performing his priestly service while he's doing what he's always doing what is while he was faithfully serving God as a priest in the temple that was his function that was his place so he did that faithfully we're talking about decades where he was praying for a child 100% decades we're not talking about a couple of years we're talking about decades i believe they were they were More likely praying from the in their twenties. So we're talking about decades of praying for a child and never receiving the miracle, never seeing seeing the answer prayer. The desires of their heart for a son, a daughter, they never received. According to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by the lot, by a lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So so let's say there's five or six priests or whatever, twelve priests, they would choose by chance, by a lot, who would go in and and do the priestly duty for that particular time. It happened to fall on him. Which is interesting that God works out all situations for him to be in the temple on his own when Gabriel the mighty angel, one of God's mighty angels appears to him. It's a pretty powerful experience, right? It says the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside of the outside at the hour of the incense offering. So while Zacharias the priest is going and offering the Lord the proper sacrifice that the Lord requires while he's doing that. There's crowds outside praying. Just want you to picture that. The whole multitude of the people were outside of the temple praying. So so their prayers, when they pray, I believe God answers their prayers. I want you you to see that Zacharias and Elizabeth is a part of a story. Not to mention, because you know they're they're going to be the parents of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is completely connected to Jesus the ministry of Jesus. John had to arrive at a certain time. We're going to read it in a second and we understand what his calling was, what he had to do to prepare the way of the Lord. But he had to come. He, was, he actually came six months before Jesus' birth. If, if God answered their prayer, look. also, not just the people outside here, they're connected to a prophetic people because we know there were two prophetic people that were praying for Jesus to be born. You know, that lady that was over 100 years old. And she was 84 years after she got married and divorced. So she's praying night and day, interceding. She's praying for the Messiah to come. And they birthed the Messiah to come at the right time. They, they birthed what the Old Testament Scriptures prophesied. There would have been Old Testament people praying. There would have been prophets praying for the Messiah to come. The promise of the Father. They, they constantly, this, there was a lot of prayer happening everywhere. Then Simeon also was another man who was praying for Jesus to come right at the right time. So John had to come at the right time. If God, What my point is, if God answered Zacharias's and Elizabeth's prayer 20 years earlier, I wouldn't have been at the right time. So sometimes God's denial is not... God's sort of denial, yeah, His delay is not His denial. He has to delay only because of timing. Like He's answered the prayer, but it's not the right time. God answered their prayer, because we're going to read it, Gabriel said, God has heard your prayer. But God's timing is different to our timing. They want it now. When you're in your 20s, you want your child now. It eventually happened that the Bible says everyone was calling Elizabeth barren. All her friends, all her relatives, the community, society, everyone around us. said she's the barren one. She talked about the shame's lifted. She rejoiced because now I've got a child. The shame's lifted. So for decades, she was called the barren one. It, 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 just, it looked like God didn't answer their prayer. But if God answered when they wanted it, it would have happened 20 years before and John couldn't fulfill what was on his life because he came for Jesus. He came to prepare the hearts of the people for the Messiah. He came to preach the the baptism of repentance. And they all got baptized and all the children of Israel repented for the kingdom of God was at hand. God was preparing the hearts of Israel through John, through his preaching, through their repentance, so that the Messiah could come. So there's a very important calling on John's life. And it says this, and the whole multitude, sorry, verse 11, And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. Whenever you see an angel, everywhere in the Bible, they always respond with grief, uh, uh, fear. It's never like, oh yeah, how's it gone? It's, it's, it's just, they're supernatural. They're powerful beings. They probably glow with the glory of God. They're, they're, they're so uh, What's the word? Overwhelming that you shake like a leaf. If you saw a supernatural being, because you, you know what you're looking at is not natural. This is not a person. This is not a human being. I'm the only one in this temple and now I'm looking at this, this Gabriel. Think about the context. He's, watch, he's looking at this supernatural being called Gabriel, who's an angel of the Lord. But the angel said to him, I like this response, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will give him the name John. Your petition has been heard. When when was it heard? Probably decades ago. But now it's manifesting. Because the timing was important to God. The timing had to get right next to when Jesus was going to do his ministry. right? So you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he will drink no wine or liquor and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he's yet in his mother's womb I mean, this is a pretty powerful you know message from Gabriel and he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God this is the purpose of his life this is why it had to wait for now he will turn many of the sons back to the Lord their God. That's spirit of repentance message. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him, before God's face and God's presence, in the spirit and power of Elijah. In other words, John needed a power ministry. And the, the anointing on his life was to bring people to repentance. And I like this. It says, To turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. This is a powerful move of God. Turn the hearts of the fathers Back to the children. It's not that God doesn't turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. He starts with the fathers back to the children. The reason why we got a rebellious generation is because we got a fatherless generation. And we need fathers to turn their hearts back to their children. That's a work of God. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's a move of God. That's what John the Baptist came in to bring. Because the next um, phrase says, And the disobedient... To the attitude of the righteous, um, others say, and the uh, King James says, the wisdom, the wisdom. When you look at the word wisdom, it's it's, a, it's an attitude of the mind, the wisdom of the righteous. It's, some say, and the rebellious to the wisdom of the righteous, rebellious spirit comes from a father's generation. It's almost like, if I can say it this way, it's not their fault because they had no they had no fathers. Fathers never loved them unconditionally. Fathers never put their identity inside of them. Fathers didn't put the destiny inside of them. And, and you know, sometimes we have fathers there, but not present. They're always they're there. They might be together, but the fathers use bad words to, to shape them. Or get, uh, use abusive words, destructive words. Or the fathers are always at work and never around for the children. I'm talking about being, being fatherless, even though you've got a dad. So the work of God moves the father heart, into our hearts to love our children and the next generation, and that gets rid of rebellious spirit. That's what brings disobedience back to righteousness. I just want to show you that that's the move of God. That's the work of God. Our hearts will be turned back. People, I had a conversation with someone, and they were saying the grown-up adult sons don't even spend time with me, He's, and he starts to be broken about it and weeping about it. He doesn't know the Lord. He's sort of saying, "What should I do? What should I do?" He sees that I have good relationship with my children, and he goes, "And adult children." And he says, "What should I do?" I said, "Man, you know what I'd do if I was you? I'd, I'd spend time with them. I'd have a lunch with them, and pour your heart out without accusing, without attacking, without blaming, without being hurt, without being unforg- no unforgiveness, no frustration. Just say how you feel as a dad that you would love for them to be with you, and to spend time with you." I even asked, do, do you ever get together? Like once a month for dinner, or once every two months. No, we don't ever. ever. And that I was hurting him, weeping, weeping, crying. That's what happened. And then basically he said, I can't do that. I can't do that because I've got to come to me. Do you see the spirit that's of the age? Here it says the father's heart turns to the children. John the baptizer had this anointing to bring people as fathers Turn to their children. And then the spirit of disobedience is broken. So that so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is how you make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So the spirit of rebellion is broken. It's breaking it off the next generation. Zacharias said to the angel, check this response. Just look at the reality of what Zechariah. you know, Zacharias is talking to a, a supernatural being. Okay, he's already re- re- reacted in fear and everything, and he's, he's getting this message from Gabriel. Where's Gabriel getting this message from? God himself. Gabriel actually says that, I'm sent from God to give you this good news. So this is a message from God to Gabriel. Gabriel's talking to Zacharias, and Zacharias says, in response, how will I know this for, sure, for certain? How would I know this for sure? What, 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 re- what reason does he give? I'm an old man. And my wife is advanced in years. He's so stuck in what's in the natural, because I'm old. And he's so stuck in unbelief because of decades of unbelief, decades of an unanswered prayer, decades of believing God for a miracle and it didn't happen, decades of it. And he's going, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm old. And my wife's advanced in years. So sometimes you and I are believing for God, believing for miracle things, miraculous things, and, and we're stuck in our unbelief because of years of maybe lack of answered prayer we never had our prayers answered and we start looking we start giving God the excuses you don't know my situation you don't know I just lost my job I don't know my situation I'm too old I'm too young I don't have the goods I don't have the strength I don't have the ability I don't have this I've got this I've got my sin I've got all these excuses we give to God all God's saying is look to me and receive my word don't look at the excuses what you give to God Look what Gabriel does. Now, I, I don't know if an angel can get angry. Look, I, don't, I don't think they can, right? This is my understanding. I know they've got their own personality and everything, but I'm just, I just, I wonder. But the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. I mean, it's like, come on, Zacharias. I am Gabriel. Do you know what the word Gabriel means? Gabriel means God is my strength. So in Hebrew, in his known language, he's basically saying, I am God is my strength. And he says, I stand in the presence of God. It's like he's trying to shake this guy's mindset. I stand in the presence of God. You know how brilliant God the Father is? Brighter than a thousand suns. I stand in the presence of God. And he goes, I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. It's like, it's like wake up, Zacharias. You're talking to an angel. What do you mean? How can this happen? He's supernatural. God's supernatural. The angel's supernatural. He's beautiful. He's magnificent. He's splendid, glory coming out of the angel. And he's saying, How can this happen? I'm old. That's real, that's a real unbelief. Gabriel says, You didn't believe my words. Gabriel said it. So it was full of it was a statement of unbelief, so much so that I believe his unbelief would hinder him even having John the Baptist. So was Gabriel? I don't know. Again, does, does, does God tell Gabriel, look what's going to happen. He's going to respond this way. Then I want you to tell him, be silent. You won't be able to speak. I don't know if the angel came up with that, that himself, or did God already tell the angel, if he responds this way, silence him. I don't know that. The Bible doesn't give us that in, inclination. But enough to say that the angel, um, when he responded, he says, and behold, look, you shall be silent and not able to To speak until the day when these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Now that was not a punishment. It was not, don't look at God, I'm going to punish you with something. It's actually, I'm going to do this so that I can bring John the Baptist in. Because if I let you speak, it will hinder me from bringing him in. If I let you continue to speak that doubt and unbelief, I won't be able to bring John the Baptist and this picture that you're a part of is way greater than you. There's too many people that have been praying and interceding. There's those hundreds and even thousands of people outside the temple. They're all praying. The prophets were praying. The intercessors are praying for the Messiah to come. You're a part of the Messiah's story and John the Baptist has to be born right this time, now. And if you're going to hinder it with your unbelief, <coughs> <coughs> Sometimes our own words hinder God's praying, God's answering our prayers. Our own unbelief that we speak, even though God gave us a promise, this is what this is what, what it means that all things are possible to them believe. We've got to believe God's word. And and, and God needs us to agree with him. Now, the fact that he's silent, the Bible actually says after that, the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. Now, he's staying there a long time. Now, I don't know whether he, after angel Gabriel left, he's just weeping and weeping. He just had an encounter with God. I personally think he's probably just really having a jolly old good time in God's presence and finally gets up and holds, you know, puts himself together and goes outside. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. He's trying to explain. He, he explains, probably writes it down too, because we know he wrote at the end when he wrote John, when John was very just about to be born, or was born, and he had to write John. So maybe he writes it, explains to him. And it says, when the days of his priestly service were ended, he went back home. So he had to stay there to finish his priestly service who knows how many more days maybe a few weeks and when he finished he goes back home to talk to his wife picture this now how do you add unbelief to that how do you how do you say how do you say I don't believe it's going to happen I mean he's now muted He can tell the story, write it down. The angel, that's why now he can't talk for a whole nine months. That's how powerful your words are. Your words, my words are so powerful that we have to agree with God's Word over us. I'm telling you, God's waiting for us to believe what He says to us. When you look at the story of Mary, completely different response. Right. Have a quick read, Uh, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, that's six months later, uh, angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. Guess what the word Joseph means? He will add. I like that. Because God is going to do the adding in the area of Jesus. Because Joseph didn't do any adding. God did. All right just a beautiful picture that that what it means of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary means beloved she's beloved and coming in he said to her greetings favored one the Lord is with you now I don't know if I can do an angel voice but you know beautiful words of the Gabriel you're a favored one and the Lord is with you but you know when we're favored by God we're usually disfavored by a lot of people her favor from God was that she was going to get pregnant and be a virgin, but guess how all her friends and relatives took it? <gasps> Did you hear about Mary? Did you yeah, I heard. But she's not even married, you know that. I know. Who would have thought? Mm, who would have thought she fell pregnant and she wasn't even married to Joseph? I know, I can't believe it. And she comes from an amazing family. You know, Joseph's, from, he's the line of son of David. I know, I can't believe that. She got ridiculed. She got attacked. She got spoken like that behind her back. When she ends up going to Nazareth, she had to find a space in an inn. I wonder why. Because she couldn't go to a relative's place. Because she had shame. She had ridiculed. Disfavored. Favor from God sometimes means favored, disfavored from people. Sometimes. It comes with the territory. And so... Verse twenty nine. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. You will conceive in your womb. That conception of Jesus is going to be supernatural, just like John's. The conception of John the Baptist was a supernatural conception." But Jesus' conception, the very conception of Jesus who brought Christianity into this earth, who brings the kingdom in, the very birthing of Christianity is supernatural. Yeah. Your faith is in the, in the supernatural act that Jesus was born for a virgin. So when we talk about Christians, should we be supernatural? Hundred, everything about our Christian faith is supernatural. It really is. Everything. Your faith in Jesus means you have a supernatural faith that Jesus was born for a virgin birth, that was a supernatural act by God over a, over a virgin little girl, and Jesus was born. And then Jesus dying on the cross, paying the penalty in our place, and you put faith in Christ, that's also supernatural. In other words, you can't get born again without a supernatural act of God. By the Holy Spirit, when you repent, resurrects your dead spirit, that's a supernatural act. You can't get born again into the family of God and join the kingdom and be part of the kingdom without a supernatural born again experience so you are by nature supernatural yeah. the bible says we walk by faith not by sight that's supernatural yes. you know in him we live and move and have our being everything we do in him is supernatural i mean jesus even says um man shall not live on bread alone but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god that's supernatural you're hearing the voice of god is supernatural. We're supposed to live by the words that come from His mouth. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's the reamer of God. Every word that comes out of His mouth, that's reamer, God speaking to me, that's supernatural. That's the Christian walk. It's, it's always, it's, everything we do is supernatural. Every time you talk with God and He talks back to you, it's supernatural. An answered prayer, any answered prayer, I don't care if it's the smallest answered prayer, is supernatural. Amen? Every time you have a relationship with God, it's through communion, prayer. Supernatural. Any answered prayer, is supernatural. It's, it's ridiculous when we even... Uh, do, you, do you believe in the supernatural or no? Oh no, it's, it's all gone and it's gone with the apostles. Everything's supernatural. Praying for the sick, of course that's supernatural. Jesus said that. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He told us that. It's the words of our king. And so what, what Mary does... Look, the angel says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over us, reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. This is angel Gabriel speaking what Jesus is going to bring. His kingdom. is not just a man. He's God in the flesh Jesus becomes a man. God becomes a man. I know that. He's fully man, fully God, but he doesn't operate as God. He operates as a son in covenant with God the Father. And, and it says, Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Now this how is a different word from the one that Zacharias used. He says, sort of, how, how can I be sure this can, can happen? She's sort of saying, in what way is this going to happen because I'm a virgin? Like, please explain to me what manner? How's this going to happen? I'd like to know. So she wasn't saying no. She was saying, how, how, can you explain to me how's it going to happen? And, and, and plus she's 14. She's not a, not a priest like Zacharias in his late in his years. But she, and, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Well, when I say when she's 14, we think she's around 14. We don't know for sure how old she was. But the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Now, Gabriel just gave her a supernatural explanation. The Holy Spirit will pregnate you. Not Joseph, the Holy Spirit. That's why this child will be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she was called barren by everybody, basically, is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. No thing will be impossible with God. No word, because the really, reality is she's receiving a word from God. Who's Gabriel bringing it for? From God. Gabriel's a messenger. God sends Gabriel, so it means God's speaking through Gabriel to speak to Mary. So the reason why nothing is impossible with God is because God's speaking. Does that make sense? And Mary says, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. That means the slave of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Her response is, Behold, I'm the slave of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. I receive. I accept. I I believe your word. you saying supernaturally, Holy Spirit's going to overshadow me. Be it unto me according to your word. She agreed with God, even though it's beyond her natural ability. She can't make it happen in her own strength. It's impossible. It's an impossible thing. It's a supernatural thing to get pregnant when you're a virgin. We just get used to the story. But if someone's a virgin, I've never slept with anybody. I've never slept with anybody. I'm a virgin. And guess what? I'm pregnant. You'd think, what's wrong with you? You're crazy. Mary had to tell people that. She was pregnant. It's impossible, but it's God. If other virgins in, the, in, the children, in Israel at that time, they all knew about the Messiah coming, you know that. If they go, No, I'm going to believe that promise because I want to I birth the Messiah. Faith doesn't work that way. She, they cannot conjure up their own faith and go, I'm going to believe that I'm going to not doubt in my heart, but believe those things which I say, counterparts, it shall happen, whatever I say. God did not speak to those other girls. They cannot try to conjure up faith and believe because faith comes by hearing God's word. Faith comes by hearing God's spoken word, Rima word. They have to hear God's word. They can't just conjure it up. I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe. Some of us do that in our walk. I'm going to believe for this. I'm going to believe. You never got a promise. You never got God speaking to you. You God's got to speak to you. And it's normal for God to speak to you. Don't make it sound over spiritual. It's just it's natural for us to hear God. Are you with me? Just quickly turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Alright. Let's have a look at verse 17. Paul is writing to the Corinthians. Therefore, I was not fascinating. I didn't know what that word meant. I had to check, look it up. It means wavering between two opinions. I was not wavering between two opinions when I intended to do this, was I? Or what, or, or what I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh so that with me there it will be a yes, yes and no, no at the same time. But as God is faithful, our word to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by us. who What was preached? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was preached among you by us. By me and Silvanus and Timothy was not yes and no, but is yes in him. For as many As are the promises of God in Him, in Jesus, they are yes. The promises of God are yes. Do you believe that? Every promise that God's ever spoken to Jesus is to you. And the promises of God are yes. He's basically saying, Therefore also through Him is our amen to the glory of God through us. What does that mean? All the promises of God in Him are yes and amen, but we give our amen to the glory of God. Amen means so be it. God's waiting for us to say yes to the promises of God. Every promise from God is yes and amen. We've got to say yes, I agree. If God says I'm forgiven, I'm going to say yes, I agree. I'm completely forgiven of all of my sins. I have no sin to look at. All my sins have been deleted. If the Bible says I'm new creation, behold, all is new. Behold, all, all is of God and everything's gone. The, the old is gone. If the old is gone, the old is gone. I don't ever ever have to let the devil tempt me with what I've done in the past. It's gone. I'm going to believe what God says to me. If God says I have right standing through faith in Christ, I believe I've got right standing. It's these simple things. If God says to forgive others when others hurt you, I'm going to choose to forgive. And that means that by faith, I forgive people. It's in every area of our life. When God speaks to us, if God says give, I give because I trust Him. I listen to His voice. It's all a faith walk, everything. But we've got to say yes to God's promises. I've got to know God's promises before I can agree to God's promises. When God spoke to me to plant this church many, many, many years ago, I had to know that it was God. A lot of people say, nah, no, it's not from God. And if, if, oh, if, it's, if it's him, he's going to fail. If it's God, he'll succeed. That's what a lot of my friends said to me, even Christian friends. But I had to hear God. And God directed me to plant the church. And so because I knew that I knew that I knew it was God's will, God's heart, and he put it on my heart, it doesn't matter what you face. I want you to know it's God speaking to you. You know, Jesus himself said, let us go to the other side. To his disciples, the other side of the lake. Then they had to get into the boat and row to the other side of the lake. But a big storm comes. You know the story. The storm's so bad that they feel like he's gone to sleep, and they feel like they're going to drown. They think they're going to die. So just because Jesus says we're going to the other side, it doesn't mean it will be without storms, without hardships, without resistance, without attack. So sometimes God speaks, but there's resistance, there's attack, there's there's things that you've got to face. And now the storm's pouring into the boat. It looks like we're going to die. But Jesus said, go to the other side. And they woke him up. Jesus, don't you care that we're dying? And he says, where is your faith? He actually expected them to speak to the storm. Where's your faith? Oh, you have little faith. And he says, peace, be still. And they freaked out what matter of man this is, that the storms, the wind obey him, the, the waves obey him. So yes, it was in the way. Jesus stopped it and they went and made it to the other side because his word was true. So when you hear God, you still got to obey God. True? In every area of our life. It's, it, it just works in everything in our life. With God, all things are possible. When God speaks, you know, God spoke to us to, to take this building. We had to make sure it was God. God. We prayed, we sought, God, we fasted, we we made sure this is your will. We had prophetic words, we had confirmation, we got direction, we we spoke to our leaders uh, that were accountable to the team. Then see my team, we got their input, got their advice, and we're praying. And we're talking about months until we know that we know that God is speaking and God has spoken and we have peace and so on. So we know clearly, yeah, God directed us here. We know it's God's will. But yeah, there could be some storms. It's normal. It's fine. But we've got to believe. I don't know how it all works out. I don't have to understand in the natural how he's going to do it. We just have to believe he can do the impossible. Amen. we we're believing. We we're believing. Next year, in, by July, we're believing we're going, to, we're going to raise $1.4 million. It might sound like a lot to you, but it's actually not. Not to God. And again, we've got to trust God. We don't understand that. You spoke and we're, we're obeying. We've walked on the water. You said to do it, Lord. All we have to do is obey what God tells us to do. We prepare ourselves for next year. Lord, we will give sacrificially to it. I'm asking you all to pray, to prepare, to think about next year. Okay, Lord, we're going to prepare because we're in this together. We're a family. We're a body. God has spoken to us all to prepare for next year. Say, God, I'll give what I can give. And I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm saying, let's give. What Holy Spirit tells us to give. No fear, no unbelief, to say, God, whatever you speak to me, we will give, because you've spoken. Now that's just giving you an inclination to the faith walk of us as elders, as leaders, as a church, because God has spoken. But in the natural it might look impossible. But if God's spoken, He can do the supernatural. Amen. It's simple to Him. But that's true of your own life. Whatever just just Reflect it to what you're facing. What has God spoken to you? What has He said about your business? What has He said about your future? What has He said about who you're going to marry? What has He said about? Then trust God. What about our babies? Well, I haven't had a baby yet. Well, trust God because let the time not set you in unbelief because God will answer your prayer. Because of the promises, be fruitful and multiply. You've got to, be, you've got to, know, when, you've got to know what God has said. God knows promises. Be fruitful and multiply. So, Father, thank you that our, our church is fruitful and will multiply, even in the in the area of babies for married couples. Lord, every married couple that desires a baby, Lord, we thank you that you're the God that's faithful to your word, and with God, nothing is impossible. With you, we thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for your glory. Wonderful, Lord. Wonderful. We had a pastor friends of ours in the Middle East. I think 11 years they tried to fall pregnant. 11 years, 11 years, 11 years, 11 years. It's a long time. And it's easy to think, oh, well, we've tried for 11 years. Maybe it's not going to happen. Start to get unbelief. They had a prophetic words. Someone in our church, Vesna, Vesna gave them a prophetic word. They're going to have Twins. I think the first child was a, a, a was the first child of the twins. First child were twins when they got babies. Amazing. Nothing's above, I've heard so many of those stories. 14 years sometimes without babies, trying for babies, but never having. But God comes through. Putting our faith in what God has spoken to us. Not vacuum faith. Oh yeah, I just believe for this. No. What has God said to you? How has God spoken to you? Amen. So, Father, we give you praise for your promises and your word. We celebrate your goodness. We thank you for supernatural things happening in and through our lives all the time because we serve a supernatural God. Everything about our Christian faith is supernatural. Father, we look to you. You are our provider. Every need that people have, even now financially, Lord, we just look to you, Father, that you are our provider who supplies all our needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you for your provision, Father. We give you glory. Thank you right now. Thank you, Father, for husbands, for wives, wives for husbands, wives for men in Jesus' name. Those that are believing God to be married, we pray supernaturally. Bring them together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.